We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Welcome to NUFC Matters, the three amigos, the perfect way to kickstart your Newcastle United weekend. And as always, I'm joined by Steve, Stu, and tonight the two Mitchies, uh, George and uh, Neil, are together. Here he is. Hey! So, uh, big welcome, everybody. And uh, an hour and a half show. Uh, got, we've all got things to do. Um, most of them involve alcohol, uh, but we thought we'd go live. And the good news is the only there'll be one live show over Christmas and that'll be next Friday. The Amigos will be back. Um, it's one of those you know days before New Year, so we'll come back. We'll do another hour and a half next week uh, in some way, shape or form and have a chat about the games that have uh, gone by. But uh, as always, shout out to everybody in the chat. Thanks to everybody for uh, uh, supporting us over the year. It's been a big year. It's been an eventful year. It's been an enjoyable year on the football side of things. And uh, as always, we have... Uh, all your usual favourites. Um, we do listen to viewers, and um, I was passed a message by somebody about our uh, tweets of the week. Shall we say that they've gone a little bit chubby brown? So uh, we are um, changing them slightly um, to keep our audience happy. Shall we say? So if uh, you do send us a tweet, which might be a virgin on uh, the chubby brown esque kind of comedy, then um, I'm afraid from now on. Just because we like to keep the families entertained as well, uh, we will be very selective, shall we say. So uh, I will be going through them with a finer tooth comb than I normally do. And let's face it, it's the only comb that I can use. Uh, so that's, it gives us something to do during the week. But uh, thanks, as, as, as always, to everybody for sending them in. Um, OK, let's, uh, let's look at the, the week that was. We're out of the Carabao Cup. And, you know, there has been a, a bit of a meltdown on, on the usual platforms. Uh, but but ultimately for us, you know, we put it, we put that right on Wednesday. Um, I'll come to you, Stu, first, because as I see, you always end up last. Um, it's time to look ahead uh, to, to the Christmas campaign. We'll listen to Eddie Howe's press conference today. Um, I haven't had time to review it. I'll do that tomorrow morning. But the gist of it was we're all sitting there waiting for it. We're waiting for information on injuries, etc. 
But it was interesting what he was saying about Lewis Hall. And I wanted to start off with, with Lewis Hall tonight because the guy has come to us. We thought that the that we thought it was a done deal, etc. You know, when you know we listen to what Newcastle United say, we listen to what Eddie Howe says. Um, but we learned a little bit more about the uh, the Lewis Hall situation. And, and it, it's not a done deal at the minute. It's still shrouded in a bit of mystery, all of this situation. What is the deal that was actually done? How has it been done? What have we got to achieve from it? I think what we got from Eddie out today was he's very much a player that's in his plans, but that he's not ready yet, Stu. And it's something we, we've, we've asserted of this on this show, on the professionals, and, and a little bit on Geordie's here, Geordie's there. We've, we almost preempted this. We said this is this is probably the case, but it, it you know he's he's probably going to get badgered about it because I guess the game the other night against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup, people were crying out, "Why don't you put Lewis Hall on instead? You're putting Richie on, who's coming to the end of his career." It was it, it it's why the question marks there. It's why people are you know wondering what Eddie's up to. But we got a bit of an answer today, Stu. What what did you make about it? I think his answer today was he lent more towards giving information that. He is going to be signed permanent, as in the loan is an obligation. So I suppose at this time of year, you could say a haul is for life, not just for Christmas. So I just thought I'd get that one in there. <laughs> but we, when we discussed it during the week, it's who would you have played him instead of? And, and that was that's the key. You know, Livermento has earned his place. Uh, and I'm sure Hall will come on. And if there's areas that he's going to, they, they've targeted or identified for development, then I'm sure he will do. And he'll be the better player for it. And we'll, as supporters, will get the benefit of that as well. And, and I think sometimes people just have to look for things to be picky about. You know, it's, uh, I think I mentioned on Jordy's year that the, the wise and same inquest not about Dummett. He's a left back. He's not playing as often. And then, well, we didn't pay that much for Hall. Well, we haven't paid anything for Hall yet. The money goes up there in the summer. So maybe he was purchased with the intention of that we will have to smooth the diamond. You know, he could be a bit of a rough diamond at the moment. Smooth them over and get him ready for next season when possibly Livermento will play more game time with Trippier, getting, being the year older. Uh, and, and Hall and Byrne can be sharing the role on that side as well. You know, it's the idea is we should be in European football next season, so there's going to be 50-plus games to play. And barring the extremities of injuries we've had so far, you can't expect that these players to play with that intensity, especially the way that we play it, for, for that many games. So you do need quality cover. But uh, I know it's something Mitch has alluded to a few times about Lewis Hall. It's, it's maybe not just the left-back that he's been bought for. There, there might be moulding him into a, a left midfield. You know? So he's, we know that Eddie Howe likes people who can adapt. He uses that phrase quite a lot. They know that they can play in more than one position. And and I think if they've thrown Eddie, uh, sorry, Eddie Hall, Lewis Hall on, on, on Tuesday nights, the, the fact that he was back at Chelsea, the fact... It was to me. I think playing Richie was the was the right call, and I'm not saying Richie's a better player, but he's he's more mature than him, and he knows the role that was needed, and and it wasn't one for Hall who can excel running forward when he's got support. It was a back to the wall job, and and I think we just have to trust Eddie Howe in the in the decision that he's making, and and if Lewis Hall comes good, it's because this, the time that's been taken. Not everyone's going to be ready straight away. 
you know, Livermento has been excellent, but that doesn't mean Hall has to be as well. But again, it doesn't mean he's not going to be a good player going forward. So I, I don't, I really don't think there's a, there's too much to read into it. But it's getting blown up in proportion because had we been winning every game, it wouldn't have been mentioned. So that's that's my take on it. Yeah, Steve Lewis Hall. He, you know, he came up in games. He's not getting any. Um, you know, it it it'd be frustrating for the kid, really. Yeah, like it would be for everybody. But uh, you know, he's table thumb. I think. Excuse regarding Lewis Hall. Um, he's one for the future. Um, the opportunities to, to play on the left side didn't materialise until Dan Byrne's injury. Dan Byrne had that position nailed down for some reason. Um, and then when when the when push has come to shove, Eddie's decided that you know switching Livermento and and um, and Trippier over on left and right because he wanted experienced fullbacks. Um, it's it is kind of a technical position, and there's also the fact that who he's had in front of him has been completely chopping and changing as well. So it's not like he's had a had an opportunity if he had played to have a, a steady man in front of him. Um, the Livermento situation is slightly different. A he was bought, and B he's a couple of years older. Um, I think it's just one of those things, and I think I think Stu was absolutely nailed it. As I say, when he said that, uh, you know, if we'd been winning, the situation would have been totally different. We wouldn't have been reading about that. Would have been would been reading and raving about the performances of the rest of the of the squad. So we've just got to be a little bit patient. I think Lewis has to be a little bit patient and will be. Um, I think the the very fact that Eddie's spoken about it and explained the situation is kind of or will have kind of put some of the press guys back in their box. Um, they're now they're now going to have to look for something else to talk about, um, because again, that the hysteria that's whipped up on social media tends to drive what gets said in the in the in the national media and in the local media. Um, so it's it's a uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? And we've always said on this show that you know we always we we, we follow the process, we follow follow what Eddie Eddie Howe is is doing. Um, we, we can't have any complaints on that on that regard. Maybe it's one or two little things, you know, that, that some of us personally might feel needed tweaked. But, uh, you know, I think the, the project is, is continuing in the right direction, Steve, and uh, Lewis Hall is going to be part of that. George, your thoughts? Well, um, going back to what we've been saying all week, is that uh, trust trust Eddie and his team. And the fact is, what he explained today, from my understanding, was is that they have specific specific work they want to do with the lad and they're busy doing it and when they think he's ready they'll release him and I think that's exactly what we were saying in so many different ways so you can't go beyond that really and I, I think it's uh, it's testament to what two things, it's testament to what they think about the lad because the easy way out is just to say well we don't want him and send him back well we're not saying that we're saying he's good but we want him good in our way if you understand what I mean, we want we want him good Eddie Howe's way. We don't want him just good anyway, and I think that's that's great. That that's what we were alluding to, what Kevin alluded to the other night. Uh, that they they're working with the lad, and I I think that's uh, what will come out of that is a fully fledged Newcastle United player, a one that we can be proud of, and a one who will be proud to play for us. So I'm I'm quite cool about the situation, quite calm uh, that they've got it in hand. And that Lewis Hall would will eventually um, be a, a, an asset to the club and and to the team, and I look forward to that day, especially as he's uh, 
versatile. He can play wing, he can play fullback, he can play midfield. That sort of versatility, I know it, we know Eddie Howe likes, uh, as as do as do I. And so um no, I'm I'm happy with what Eddie's had to say. It, it fits in what we've been saying. Leave it leave it to the staff, they'll get Lewis Hall right. And when he's right, we'll see him on the field. Mitch. No, I have to agree with some of the things I'm seeing on, on the bottom of the screen. You know, um, at times, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have a go at the press for asking the questions because it's questions that were being asked by elements of the fan base in social media. Um, and what a fantastic opportunity for Eddie Howe to drop a fire blanket on all of that. And that's what he's done. Um, it, it's sad in a way that they've been forced to do that, though. Um, and also, we cannot have our cake and eat it all the time. It, it, we're knee-jerk on so many things, and we're binary on just about everything. You're either on or you're off. You're all in or you're out. Sign players, but not those players. Well, hang on. What do you want? You've, you know, people are wanting with the same people, but then they get up at even with the same people. Um, and I agree with the comment that was on there before about Imagine that had been Hall making that error that Trippier made at the end of the game. Yeah. Mm. Trippier yeah. can deal with it, and he will deal with it. Um, and again, I think we're quite within our rights to be uh, able to say Kieran Trippier has been a fantastic servant since he's come to this club, but by God, he's made some ricks that have cost, cost us some goals in the last few games. And whatever's going on in his life, he needs help to sort that out and get his mind in the right place. And you're not at odds with everybody by saying that. But if that had been Hall doing it, would we have knee-jerked all over Hall? I think an element of our fan base would have, certainly on social media. Um, and is that great for an 18-year-old player? At the minute, we've got professional rugby players, players who played in World Cup semi-finals and World Cup finals, having time out from international rugby and time out from social media because of the abuse they've been getting by fans. Um, and and I find it fascinating that, you know, we can talk about wanting to play Hall, but imagine if Hall had had a couple of stinkers, and and how what kind of road back does he have then? Particularly if the manager knows he doesn't feel he's ready to do the job he wants him to do. And, and, yeah. and therefore, that's wrong of how to push him into the firing line to do that. And we'll have a little bit, as, as, as a fan base, we've had more clarity out of the manager over a number of situations than we had from previous managers because Ashley wouldn't let them, basically. And and so, and I'm not sitting here saying, oh, you've all got short memories, remember where I've come from. No, that's not what we're saying when we say that at all. Yeah. Again, you can be, um, we can be critical because we should be the club's most critical friend. We've said this for years. Um, you should be allowed to fall out with your best mate. Um, because if, if your best mate thinks you're on the wrong path, you, it's your best mate that needs to tell you. Um, you know, and, and so I, I worry that is even is Eddie being reticent to use Hall because he's trying to protect the kid? Yeah, if he feels he's not ready, um, it, it's, it's a very interesting situation. I've said myself on here, it's something that I like would have liked and have now had more information on from the horse's mouth. And who better to get it off, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, great, great stuff, great points as always. Rob, old goth, who uh, does the music review. Uh, thank you very much, mate, for that. And um, just to let people know that when you see the, the money go up there, this goes into our pot. And when we get together, it just gets spent on the pot. And uh, we are meeting uh, just after Christmas. So believe you me, if you make a donation tonight, uh, you will be going towards the uh, the Mitch, uh, Steve, Stu, Steve, John. Uh, George is looking after his granddaughter, I think, so he's not going to be there. Uh, <laughs> I, we'll, all, we'll all be all we'll all be on the Malverno wine uh, later uh, after Christmas. So if you want to make a donation, feel free. We never beg on here, but if you want to make a donation, it'll all go into the pot and go towards our hangover on the twenty eighth uh, before Mitch goes before Mitch flies back home. <laughs> Another. Another point as well, it wasn't just Mitch's flight that flew over the top of the, somebody's house this morning, it was Mitch and Stu's, because we were on the same flight back from the Middle East together. Yes, we were. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, uh, as I say, a slightly shorter show tonight, because uh, we've all got things to do, but um, it doesn't mean that we can't do the usual favourites. So uh, here is Tweet of the Week. <laughs> I think people know that I've got this obsession with Star Wars. And uh, when I get a bit older, lads, I want one of these. You can all club together. Um, get me a Star Wars mobility scooter, lads. They're fantastic. I'll have a Star Destroyer one, Nick. Uh, I tell you, with that point on the end, that'd be fantastic. Fantastic. Brilliant, isn't it? The guy looks like a proper Victor Meldrew driving that one as well, doesn't he? He's got, a, he's got his black cap on. He's, he looks like he's yep. aiming for somebody in the, in the aisles. But yeah, get me some, get me one of them, lads. Don't chip in. Uh, that'll do me. Uh, Christmas, of course. So we'll we'll get through as many Christmas ones as we can today. Let's go uh, sing Christmas carols. I'd like to, but I'm a little horse. Hey. Oh. Hey. And this one, Merry Christmas, says Goofy. Where's Donald? Uh, says Mickey. <laughs> thanks, thanks, uh, Paul, for that one. And uh, we can't uh, go through the Christmas ones without uh, having a little tribute there to Sunderland. Santa doing his business in Sunderland with his Newcastle tattoo one. <laughs> and Jordan Pickford uh, doesn't Pickford have a nice Christmas decoration in his garden? Says Paul. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Tom will be a little bit more specific with his Christmas wish next year, lads. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, people knew this would happen. <laughs> yes, very Santa, Santa stuck in Blythe. Don't tell the kids. <laughs> and uh, thanks to Soda Pop Kid, Tweet of the Week. Uh, you've sent us some great ones. Oh, oh man. great, man. <laughs> that is good. That absolutely great. That's a nice one. That's a really modern one. That one. Well, it is a bit of thought gone into it. As has this one. Uh, just have me picture taken with REM. That's me in the corner. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love these. I don't know whether anyone's picked up on this, but there seems to be a, a whole host of these going up on X at the minute. Uh, food and drinks that people have. Now, I'm pretty sure Paulie from our fan base started oh, Posting yeah. all of his stuff. This is the the food and drinks that Fulham fans take while traveling to Everton. Have you seen that? A couple of bottles of champagne, some mojitos, um, one of the, the cheesecake there, and some anti-pasty deli. Um, as opposed to uh, as opposed to Paulie's. If you get on Paulie's um, Twitter account, it's fantastic. And he does one every he does one every away yeah. game, and I'm pretty sure he started that. Uh, this drunk girl using a slice of pizza as a pillow is still one of the greatest drunk photos of all time. Says Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bottom of his street, I think. And uh, the craziest part from Home Alone was that Kevin got all the groceries for $19. That's true. Yeah. 
Yes, Jimmy. And uh, NUFC Twitter after a win versus NUFC Twitter <laughs> after a defeat. Absolutely. <laughs> You're right, Lee. <laughs> He's not wrong, that's for sure. And I love this. When your mum lets you steal past your bedroom to watch Match of the Day because you scored your first goal. Can it be a bit of his? Uh, the suggestion that athletes taking drugs can enhance their performance by doing so is utter nonsense. I entered the Great North Run last year and just before the start, I had a couple of skunk splits. Two days later, I woke up in a park in Berwick covered in kebab salad and missing a shoe, having run in completely the opposite direction of the finishing line. <laughs> And uh, the Sofa King, uh, bad bit of advertising, that lads. <laughs> and so, I love this one as well. Uh, Michael Lavery says, I've just dropped this pack of spaghetti and I've immediately graduated with an art degree from the University of Salford. <laughs> <laughs> and have you seen that potato peeler thing? He asks Dad. <laughs> uh, she left two days ago, says his son. <laughs> and Hey, Bob, did you hear the neighbour died? Oh, no. Hooray. I don't think cheering is appropriate, Bob. <laughs> oh, oh. Dear. Another Star Wars one, lads. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Oh, God, yes. Bounty Hunter, of course. And Hunan Dynasty Chinese Restaurant said, we're not see your cat. Stop asking. Try our chicken. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's an actual saying, by the way. Yeah. I loved it. I've been eating, uh, been eating the wrong chocolate, lads. Oh, hey, clever. <laughs> so when you open your when you open your selection boxes and stuff, lads, aim for the Kinder uh, that, that gives you the six pack, not the egg. And yes, Hannibal Lecter's advent calendar. <laughs> and if snakes took pictures of their meals the way humans do. <laughs> Wow. Okay, coming to the top four. And the most British piece of vandalism award goes to... Got to get a song in there. Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. <laughs> <laughs> and the top two. Uh, Dad, there's a beetle crawling across the ceiling. Is it Paul or Ringo? Help. I need somebody. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Fancy your dad doing that. And the winner, I was so proud of the Nutella flavoured fudge I've made, I've been leaving little black bags of it hanging in the hedges around my local park. People seem reluctant to take them, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Donald, for that one. Great stuff. Uh, if you've got a tweet of the week, send them in. I've got a few uh, for next week anyway, but get them in uh, over the festive period and we will feature them. <laughs> Okay, George Bainbridge, good evening. He says, do the Amigos think that eventually UEFA and A22 compromise and a new form of Super League will emerge when existing TV deals are up for renewal? So, Mitch, uh, on this show, we have said that the Super League hasn't gone away. Well, it yeah. hasn't. So, quel surprise. Um, I think we all knew it was still there and it was all hanging around and, the, you know, the court is, is ruled now that it was illegal to do that. So, yeah, we're back to square one, Mitch, with this. In some respects. Um a22 still strike me as unbelievably amateurish. The website still looks like it was done by a 12-year-old in the computer sciences project. Um, the statements, whoever's managing the statements, 
Um, probably uses so much Google Translate, will end up with an IKEA uh, direction and how to put a bookcase together with the next. <laughs> um, it's it's totally and utterly driven by Barcelona and Real Madrid. It's totally and utterly driven by them because they're running out of economic levers. Um, I find it interesting that in the week that they announced that the Super League's not dead, uh, Barcelona are getting into tr- more trouble with UEFA for the FFP. And there's talk about banning them for champ- from the Champions League for th- two or three years because of the FFP transgressions. So there's definitely a dance happening at the moment. And the dance is between effectively three teams. It's, it, it's, it's Real Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus. And they look at the money that um, is going into the Premier League with the green eye and say, that's not fair. We want some of that because we're not getting the money we used to get. And, and it's all about money. Um, it's where... It, it's interesting to see where, where Qatar positioned themselves with UEFA. Um, to make a Super League happen... They need people with money. They will need us. There's no no two ways about that. And and how, again, some of the little geopolitical nuances come into play, how the dancers are danced as different people shift into power, I find it um, quite interesting... PSG getting a very favourable draw in the Champions League after getting favourable penalty in the favourable amount of injury time. And and I keep saying I'm not into conspiracy theories, but the more you dig, the more you sort of get yourself tied up in them. Um it it it's still for me, like I say, just about the whole way that A twenty two go about their business. It's it's amateurish at best. And if you talk to anybody involved in football media in particular, I know Joe Morrison over here has uh, quite uh, strong opinions about it. Somebody who I've bounced ideas about Super Leagues and Moonies around with for many years, you know, over coffees and what have you, where usually after he's come to see us at work and then book time out to go for lunch and have a, have a, have a catch-up. And, uh, you know, I think people in, in the media can't take them seriously because they seem so amateurish. Um, you've already had uh, both the, the presidents of Barcelona and Real Madrid telling everybody how great it is, but then effectively telling everybody how much money they need. And so um, it's all about money. That's all it ever was about. Um UEFA's movements with the Champions League reforms is to appease those clubs. This Swiss-style chess system which is coming in um, generates more of the type of games that the broadcast companies want to show and gives the top seeds a chance to fuck up and still qualify and go through without the help of eight minutes of added on time and a dodgy penalty. You can still lose an odd game and go through. Hello, everything's frozen. No, no, we're still listening. Yeah. We're still listening. Fantastic. 
I think I might have fixed things here, by the way. Oh, good. There's a chance. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's it, that's all about getting money to the top teams and giving them a chance to progress into the next round of the competition and make mistakes along the way. It's going to blow everybody's mind getting used to it. Um, I think I've got a handle on it now. Uh, but that's not been without sitting every now and again for half an hour working it through in my head about how this thing works. Um, and so, but this is all part of the dance. And it's about money. Bottom line, that's what it's all about. George, Super League. Some people ask him, would you like New Barry Hogan saying, would you be happy if Newcastle went in it? No, not particularly, but the other bit of Barry's question I saw was about would we become more corporate and that would that does that mean less ordinary fans going in? Well, I hate to say it, Barry, I'm worried that that's where we're going now with our current owners, the way we are at the moment. Or everything that they've put out in terms of video and, and things like that, it be has had um a middle class plus edge to it. The, the questionnaire about the new stadium. A lot of the questions on there, most ordinary fans won't even be able to interested in. It'll all disappear. It'd be, be too expensive. So, so yeah, it's a good question, Barry, and I think you, you, you've got it right. And it's it's a bit of the current base of modern fo football that worries me. You've heard me say on here before that I embrace the uh, the takeover with with all my heart because it's the wonderful things it's doing. But the bits they've got wrong for me. Or the bits that matter to the fans. Super League makes that worse for me because, as Neil's just eloquently said, it's about money. Remember, I'm from the days when the the club existed on the on the fifty pences you paid at the gate, and that was it, or pounds, wherever you paid at the gate, and that was that paid the wages and everything else. Now that's just a small. It's it's a tiny percentage of the cash that goes into the club now. Um, and so they're going to try and increase that clearly, and that puts pressure on on all of it. Now, and, and the Super League is just about money, money for three particular clubs because they're in so much dire trouble. Also, do I want to watch a foot a game of football where at the end of the season nobody gets relegated, nobody gets promoted? No, I don't. The competition at the bottom and at the top. Or what feeds were, what what gives with the thrill, what makes you want to go for more. If we got the stage where we troll up the St James's Park, and we were sitting bottom of the league and know fine well we weren't going to get relegated, would I be happy about that? Well, I might be in one way, but in another way I wouldn't. The competition's fantastic, and it, it's part of what keeps we coming back. So, if Super League comes in, I, I I wouldn't want us to be part of it. Yes, I want to say we're playing more European football and there may be ways in which we could do that uh, without there being a Super League. But uh, Super League to me means, I mean, Neil said it, it's about money. It isn't about fans, that's for sure. That's the, where They're the last thing that people are thinking about. It's just about money. And uh, about three particular clubs who are, who are in a mess saw an opportunity to get out of the mess and use the Super League to do that. So short answer is, no, I I, I wouldn't like to see us join. And, and, and in terms of the whole thing, I hope it doesn't succeed. There must be a better way of delivering high-class uh, football, European football, 
um, to to fans than that one. And uh, I'm sure there'll be people out there who've got better thoughts about uh, doing it than uh, than the people that run the Super League have. As Neil says, that one side of that equation is is, is so amateurish. It, it makes you wonder why anybody listens to them. Um, so. No, I, I, I don't want to see us in it. And, uh, and uh, uh, yes, I do want to see more European football, but uh, uh, in a, in a def- different format than what's been proposed. So, no from me. No Super League, please. Steve, thoughts? Well, it's not a league at all, is it? A Champions League. It's a competition. It's, you, you get the ability to play and have, you know, it, it, it's... That's that's what football's about. We can't have a, a competition where, as as, as uh, George says, no relegation, no promotion, anything like that. Um, you know, everything's fixed. Let's let's get to the nut of this, though. However, FIFA is so corrupt; it's unbelievable, and has been for years. UEFA so corrupt, and it has been for years. And now we've got a situation where the three clubs that are pushing the Champions League. Barcelona, with the financial uh, irregularities that they've managed to escape year and year and year out. Barcelona, um, Madrid, very, very similar. Um, and, and then Juventus, who, who aren't even allowed in, in UEFA competitions this season because of corruption, because of fiddling, yeah. of everything. And have already been relegated uh, in the past from their own league for financial impropriety, from all sorts of improprieties. So they, let's face it, that league is not going to be sitting on the on the on the uh, on the sweetest of levels either, is it? It's going to be an absolute disaster. So wherever you look in football, there's corruption. Now, I did hear a, I did hear someone from the FSA saying that the government would bring in legislation to stop clubs from the UK entering uh, into the European Super League. But, I mean, hang on. Oh, you've gone, you've gone, you've gone a little bit, Steve. We've lost you there. Your internet's, his internet's gone a little bit ropey. We'll let him uh, go out, and we'll bring him back in to finish up his opinion. Uh, Stu, your thoughts? Well, it's greed, isn't it? That's all it is. And greed, I've said for a long time, greed is the thing that kills anything that's good. Uh, when people just want more and more and more, never satisfied with what they've got, and clearly it stems from free clubs with. Real Madrid's president Perez being the the main instigator, the one that's carrying the the torch still going on. Well, I smiled at the. the I, I was speaking to Steve Hurstie earlier, and I, I smiled. And I, I was trying to get the right word. I still haven't thought of it. Where whether it was the hypocrisy or the the brazen face of UEFA when they come out with a statement saying things like they're they're all about inclusion and cohesion and basically the, the the way they want the values driven the European sports that that sort of thing they'll come out with and not only for the elites. What is this new system they're doing next season? That's purely for the elites. Yeah. They devised that to stop they, that they devised that to counteract the initial European Super League breakaway. And it was all to appease the, the elites. You know it, it should be we know that football and te- tele- television is dictating what happens with football. We know that. Uh, but when it when it comes to this this Swiss chess, whatever it is that they're doing next year, it's done where the, the the top teams can lose three or four games and still qualify. 
And how can that be fair in, in any competition? You know, I don't think we'll go back to the old days that we hog on about where it was just the league winners. That's why it was called the Champions League, or it was a European Cup at the time. And then you just got drawn out, take your look, and whoever won the final had to be whoever they played along the way. Very much similar to our own FA Cup, when big teams can get drawn against big teams, and as well, as you'll see on 6th of January, as big teams can get drawn against very little teams. So we, we can take it in the... However we want, but it goes back to the, the original word, which is greed. And Perez can sing and song and dance and say he's trying to do it for the benefit of football. He's doing it for the benefit of Real Madrid and Real Madrid alone. And he's managed to cozy up with people who need it. Now, I have the benefit of living or had lived in Spain uh, for, a good num for a good number of years. And these two aren't two big football clubs, the institutions, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona. And this is why you see Barcelona being bailed out with TV money, Real Madrid with government money. And I think it's got to the stage where they've just said, right, enough's enough. You know, you have to generate your own money now. We can't keep it going the way it's going. And this is why they, they keep pushing it. They spent over a billion, was it, on the new stadium at the Bernabeu? It looks fantastic. But, you know, you, we're all of an age where you're brought up. If you, if you haven't got it, don't spend it. You know, you can't spend something on the hope that something might happen, you know, and, and that's that's bad business practice. Uh, and, and Perez has been, the, has, has been the leader of it. And although George mentioned before about no relegation, the new proposal says that there would be relegation. And then, but there'll be three different colours, wasn't there? There was gold, blue and something else, or the stars. Blue or something else. And again, that's just to try and curry favour with some teams that, you know, if you look at this, the, and I'll try and say this respectfully, the, the smaller nations in Europe, you know, like the, the Belgians and things like that, football and a football term I'm talking about, they, these teams survive off the Champions League money. It gives their players time to get in the spotlight, it gets them sold, it keeps the clubs going, and then they can go and spend the money on other clubs in that league. Or the players in that league, sorry, and it, that's that's the knock-on effect it has. They're trying to take it all away, and my biggest fear is if it does come to light, which I don't think it will. If it does come to light, we will be part of it as Newcastle United, because I don't think they can move forward without the the backing of the PIF. I really don't, because we've, we've seen what the PIF have done in in Saudi Arabia with the with the Saudi Pro League. You know, there'll be people knocking on their door crying, can you start a new league to counteract this one? And then all of a sudden, the financial fair play gets put out the window and you can own as many clubs as you want. And and when when you're sitting in a position of strength, that's the best time to strike. And I, and I think at the moment, PF are just sitting back watching all of this, watch everyone cut the cut their throats out and then say, bang, here we go. They, they will take out of this what's, what's best for them. But I think... They are listening to fans. They won't publicly say we want we want to be in this European Super League. But if it gets knocked, if the if the can stops getting kicked down the road and it comes to votes, didn't the Premier League say they were going to dock people thirty points, clubs thirty points for trying to trying again? Let's see what happens then. So there's a lot to come out of it. Uh, I think yes, okay. The the law has said that it can happen. That doesn't mean it will happen. And ultimately. As much as the TV companies think they run the game, they won't want to have, they won't get the advertiser if there's no one sitting in the stadiums, and that's what would happen with the European Super League. So that's just my 
mix take a little. Have you got your internet sorted, Steve? Because you were you were mid flow. I hope so. Oh, it's a bit dodgy, Steve. It is dodgy, mate. You may need to go out and come back in, mate. Right, yeah. It's halfway through the show because it is a slightly shorter one, so we are going to go to the ads, which will give Steve a little bit of time to sort his internet issues out. Some people are saying, uh, send Mitch along. Uh, he's busy with his dad. <laughs> a big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and bins. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks again to Mr. Vicky Sources, handmade in Cumbria. If you'd like to order some, then give them a call on 01768 210102. Go to the website, mrvickies.co.uk, or drop them an email, info at mrvickies.co.uk. A big thanks to United Group Travel. They're a family firm based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the Northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They've got a presence on Facebook and a website, unitedgrouptravel.com. If you want to make a booking, give them a call on 01670-632-460 or mobiles 0791-666-4174. Nine five seven one four one six five four. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors. Let us look after you in your time of need. They're based on Old Durham Road in Gateshead, and you can contact them at their website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk or give them a call, 0191 478. 2730. A big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the technical side of things. And a big thanks to New Workwear. You can find them at newworkwear.com. If you want to help the channel, hit the thumb up to subscribe, hit the subscribe button, and share to your other social media. You can also pay a one off fee of £25 to get a scarf, a cup, a pen, and a membership card. Go to the website, nufcmatters.com. And click membership or put your smartphone over this QR code. We also support the food bank on this channel. If you want to make some donations virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. We're also a podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast providers. Just search NUFC Matters. I'm also a part of the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. You can listen to that Monday to Friday, 7 or 9 at thetooneuk.com. We've also got an event coming up next year. It's in January the 19th at the Tyneside Irish Centre. It's an evening with Nobby Solano. Tickets are available on Woucher for £20. Don't forget Supermac and Gibbo. Do every pre-match at Louis Liquor Store. It's free entry, children welcome, and there is great food by Fed's Fried Chicken. They're usually on pre-match and sometimes post-match at Louis Liquor Store. Okay, welcome back. It is time for that music.
day I met where we ask you to send in photographs of you meeting somebody from Newcastle United, past or present. Thank you, Gary, for this one. He says, I heard you talking about sending photos in. Here's one of me and me pals in 1969 holding a Fed Cup. My mum was Joe Harvey's secretary, and he said it was okay for her to take the cup home to show us. Wow, brilliant. Fantastic. He would, yeah. Gary, that's fantastic, mate. Uh, sorry it took a while to get that, that one up, but uh, brilliant stuff. Uh, if you've got a photograph of you meeting somebody or a trophy, uh, I know, I know, um, send them to us at UFC Matters and we will feature on the DI Met. Okay, I just wanted to ask uh, the lads' opinions about Callum Wilson because he hit a landmark. Eddie Howe hit a landmark this week, 100 uh, games in charge of Newcastle. Uh, but Callum Wilson hit 100 appearances, lads. And uh, Mitch, there's his record. 100 appearances, 46 goals, 11 assists. And, and you think about the matches that he's missed, Mitch. Yeah. I mean, that that's a hell of a record. And, and how many of those appearances he's made from the bench coming back to fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you factor that in. Historically, a goal in every other game was was pretty much seen as the mark of a top-end number nine. George. Yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> um... I don't think he. I don't think he ever. Um, I don't think he ever understands that when you hear stuff like that, it comes across twice as much on the microphone. Yeah. Me, and, me and Stu and Steve just burst into laughter there. I thought it was going to be a Werther's original. That's what uh, I was Well, so did I. Yeah, no pack of crisps. I was thinking, wow, are we going to have the full effect here? Uh, go on, mate. I was sitting at the pictures, man. I'm sorry. Oh, well, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's sitting next to you. Uh, <laughs> okay, mate. Go on, mate. Uh, you know, a goal every other game was pretty much the benchmark. You know, for a top end striker, wasn't it? It, it was you want one and two. Um, some would even say one in three, so he's way ahead of that. Um, these days, they want to look at yeah, goal contributions. So you add the assists to the goals, and he's and he's ahead of one in two. And so, um, I think he's almost snuck under the radar in a little way. And I think that's probably because of his injury record, because he's missed so many games. Yeah. Um, and it makes you wonder if he could have stayed fit for a few more games. What more could he have, could he have done? When could we have done with him? Uh, you know, because he's always likely to score. I mean, what what he did against Chelsea was when he got the opportunity to worry those two centre backs. They were unsettled by him, and I, and I stick by. I think he must be a horrible player to mark because he's he's probably always chatting to you. And, and trying to make make funny comments and smiling at you and touching you. If you notice, he's always got his hands yeah. on the defenders. Yeah. <laughs> and he's and he's very very strong. He's up by body strength. And and I think he, I think he may annoy the shit out of so many central defenders. Um, but he reaps his reward. He's also got the ability that many good strikers have. It, he knows when to move in the box and sometimes he knows when just to stand still and hold the position and let people move around him. Um, and he showed what he's finished the other night. By God, 
he's got a good touch. And, and it, we forget these things because he has these runs out of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it does, it beggars belief, because I reckon of those 100 appearances, would you say maybe 30 have been from the bench? Keep talking, Mitch. Your dad hasn't finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and so again, if you try to put it in perspective, I'd like to know what his goals per minute ratio is. That might be more revealing in terms of um, how efficient a striker he really is. Okay, George, what's your thoughts? Best well, striker since Shearer, somebody says in the chat. I don't think they're wrong in terms of uh, his ability and, and uh, the goals he's scored because he's, he's up there with the best. I mean, even even against my heroes, the Robledos and the Milburns, uh, they were they would be pushing that sort of ratio. So if he he hadn't had these spells of injury, yeah, he would have been up there with with the Shearers and the, and, and and so on, uh, with with the amount of goals and 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 Al Neil's right he, when you watch him and 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 he's playing, he never leaves the defenders alone. Never, never leaves the defenders alone. In fact, the, uh, the the one thing that annoys me, and Steve Hastie will, 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 will know because he gets the dig in the ribs every time it happens, um, the number of times the defenders, the only way they can stop him is to, is to wrestle him down. And he doesn't get half the free kicks he should. I mean, the other day when we are at the match, he, he, he wasn't just pulled down. He, he was he was arm-locked and wrestled to the ground, you know, and, and no free kick. Or the ref going, get up, get up, you know, and all of that rubbish. No, I think Callum Wilson's, uh, because of his injury uh, uh, record, is grossly underrated by by many, many um, uh, pundits and, and, and managers as well. It doesn't surprise me that Southgate puts him in the squad when he's fit, because his his uh, ability then he's, he's, he's now sub front. Uh, must be a great asset in Southgate with some of the youngins that he's got playing around him, and uh, um, they could learn so much from him. Uh, as I said, and I, I, you just watch him when he things like when he's going to take a penalty. Watch his, how he he builds up to that, and um, how he, he where he looks and how he looks down the goalkeeper's throat, and uh, almost threateningly. Um, and that, I, I find all that very very professional. And uh, he can't, he doesn't get the credit for it simply because people think, oh, Callum Wilson, well, he's he's injured all the time. Well, when he's not injured, he's dangerous. And his goal the other night was absolutely superb, absolutely superb from start to finish. I mean, some some strikers, strikers couldn't run that far with the ball without falling on their faces at the end of it. He he had the touch and, and the ability to finish it off, which uh, you know uh, speaks speaks volumes for him. I only hope that if uh, um, he's there as long as he can be, he puts some of this knowledge and ability to, to Isaac's way and any other young striker that come, comes along. Because there's a lot of learning to be done there from that man, I'm certain. And that would be absolutely great. Too many times we we, we have stars who, who finish and disappear without passing on the knowledge. Um, see, I... Well... That's, I'll see it now because he may be watching. But um, the uh, um, fact that we don't have a regular session with Shearer with the strikers, for example, 
that would be a weekly thing for me, at least at least once a week or, or, or twice or once tw once or twice a month to have a session with Shira about various things, about his ability to, to hold the ball up and and wrestle defenders uh, off him and all the rest of it, and more importantly, to not give up. How many times have we seen Shira chase something that nobody else would have bothered about? And the result was eventually a goal. Well, you can pass that on. You can describe all of that and uh, instill it in, other, in in the younger ones. So, so I hope Callum Wilson is there long enough to pass on the skills he's got because he's a very, very skillful player. Much underrated, in my view, largely because of his injury record. Yeah, there's his strike ratio, Steve. Wow. Yes, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. All again this season. Yeah, we can't. I mean, you can't question that, can you? I mean, I'm. I'm not going to. I'm not going to compare Callum Wilson to Alan Shearer in terms of you know 46 goals to two hundred nod. Yeah, well, that's 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 an unfair comparison to make. But the comparison that can be made is how two players that had explosive speed, two players that have struggled with injury, and two players that have adapted their game over the years. And Callum Wilson now tends to play an awful lot more with his back to ball. Um, he tends to get involved more in the physicality side of, of with the defenders, exactly as Shearer did, holding the ball up, um, giving the defenders something to think about, which again creates space. And you, you saw it in, in abundance with Shearer, the way that he, he was making space for the likes of Bellamy, the way that other players came in later on. Um, and it, and, it, and that's, that in itself says an awful lot about the about the, the, the individual. Um, you can play as a team or you can play... Callum does have this selfish streak about him as well because he's a striker, because he's a goal scorer. Because at the end of the day, that's what he that's what he gets marked up on. And that's why you've got 46 goals in 100 appearances. Um, he, he's gone through spells where he hasn't scored and then all of a sudden hits a rich vein. Again, that's something that strikers do. Um, and I'm just pleased that we're getting the benefit of it when when he has come on because he scored some vital goals, some vital times. Um, I, I always like to, to see a player when he when he's wrestling away with the, with the defenders and giving them something to think about. And as George says, I've got the bruises to prove it when George gets angry at referees who don't give him the protection that he needs and the protection that he deserves sometimes. But I think a lot of that is also down to, to Callum himself and, and his own attitude uh, and the way that he plays it because, you know, he does play on the edge at times. He is a wasp. He does let his mouth go. Um, sometimes referees don't like that because he's telling the referee um, that he's being fouled and it, the referees immediately, well, as soon as you start doing that in the modern game, then the referee turns around and goes, I'm not listening to you. I'm the referee. I'll decide when you're fouled. And I think sometimes he doesn't get the protection that, that, he, that he deserves. Um, all the free kicks sometimes that some of the kicks that he takes deserve um, on the plus side. So, um, but can't knock that record. Can't knock that record. 1.9 90 minutes. Uh, tremendous. Tremendous. Yeah, Stu. I mean, you know, he is no doubt about it when he's fit. You know, great. One of the Premier League's great predators, isn't he? Absolutely. And isn't it nice to talk about positive things regarding Newcastle and the playing staff as well? He is. He's an exceptional finisher. He's a natural finisher. He does put himself about. Uh, what he's been here for three and a half seasons now. So it just shows you with his injuries that Eddie Howe and him both got to their 100th game at the same time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's that's the only issue I think anyone should have with Callum Wilson is well he's playing well he's on it he's a huge asset to the team and that's what we want we want players like that in our squad because I'm still of the opinion he's still not the best centre forward we've got I think Isaac is but that's no slight on Callum Wilson and with his goal scoring record etc and he's what I like about him is his attitude and his confidence. He has so much belief in his own ability, uh, and he exudes the confidence on the pitch with that. And and he's also willing to play a role. He's not one of those strikers that will just like go and just goal hang and stuff like that. He'll do what's asked of him. He'll do what the managers ask. He'll, he'll track back when he needs to. He doesn't want to, but he'll do it. And the fact that we've got someone like Callum Wilson knocking these goals in, uh, and I know we mentioned the other day his finish was sublime, wasn't it? And just the composure because he had no chance, no time at all to think about that because it bounced back off the lad's legs, the defender's legs, and he knew instinctively what to do with it. And, and that's that's something you, you you can't teach someone. You know, you're born with that, and and he's got it. And, and long may he stay fit because, as, as I keep saying, we his fans benefit from it. And the only question mark we've ever had about him it has been his his ability to put 10, 12, 15 games together consistently. And, and, and the fact that he's not able to do that, we're always worrying, right, he's made of glass, he's going to break again. And, and it gets more magnified when the other ones are... And this is why there's been a cry for a third striker. But... No third striker. I know we talked about this two weeks ago, but no third striker is going to come in there and play second or third fiddle to them two. So, what one more Christmas wish it should be? Long may he stay fit, and then when he does, we'll, we'll finish the season strong because the two of them will play how they did last year. You pay sixty minutes, I'll pay thirty, and then the next game they swap over, and that's and if you notice at the back end of last season, they're both scoring one two goals a game, weren't they? And, and that's how we went flying up the... Well, not flying up the league, we're already up there, but we're consolidating our Champions League place. So stay fit, Callum, and thank you for all the goals you scored and hope you score another 46 in quicker time. <laughs> Good stuff. OK, half an hour to go. Tune look like We'll start off with Steve Hasty, uh, having a midlife crisis, <laughs> got himself a motorbike. <laughs> well, it's yeah. a new dog, Steve. It's a new dog. Um, here's the uh, Gallagher brothers, Oasis lookalike from Andrew. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from, Andrew. And uh, Jacob, he says, Here's a lookalike, Crossard and Emmerdale's Joe Warren plant. Similar hairstyles, slightly similar. I think he's got more, yeah. more for a Morrissey look, Joe Warren. There, um, thanks, Jimmy. Oh, oh dear. Good old Les Dawson. And uh, here's our friend again, Mbappe and Dida. If he was smiling, Dida, maybe he's a little bit more like yeah. him. I can see where you're coming from. I can see where you're coming from with that one. Thanks. That was from uh, Tom. And this is another one from Tom, Stephen Merchant, and Klopp. Pretty sure I've had that one before. Um, this one, I can't really get any closer in, but Stephen Kennedy says Steve Wraith's face appears on woman's knee. Um, basically, if you, if you it's, it's so difficult to see, but it does actually look a little bit like me because he's got this imprint on her legs. So, thanks for that, Stephen. Because we can't like zoom in on it, it's it's it, you know, people will be sitting at home going, eh, 
But it, I, I can see where you were coming from, mate. It did yeah. look a little bit like me. Uh, thanks again, Tom. Um, he, he comes up with three or four each week. Thomas Hogg, Rock Stewart. Wow. I'm sure we've well, had that before, but it's still it was still worth a show. Uh, into the uh, business end now. Uh, Stephen Kennedy said, Sean Connery and Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Yes. I'm sure you just send that because of what he's wearing, but if you just More look like at the face, guys, yeah, there we go. It's similar, very similar, similar look anyway. Um, another one from Tom Ten Hag and Michael Stipe. Yeah. Probably your best one this week, Tom. Uh, Catherine, Princess of Wales, and Jordana Brewster from Lethal Weapon. Yeah, similar that. From Paul. Not the winner this week, though. Um, Rio Ferdinand, an action man. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Thanks uh, for uh, that one, Mitch, from your friend. Another one, Reg Varney and uh, Mbappe from Alan. <laughs> uh, now, that's pretty good. It is, um, actually. Uh, number two, Mark Schwarter and Big Dan Byrne yeah. from Colin yeah. Walker. Really? The winner this week... I can't remember who sent it uh, first, so I've got both of them up. Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah, me. That That's actually is Paul McCartney, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> we'll give the, we'll give the credit to Gaz. He went seen this on Facebook and thought it would make a good look alike. Paul McCartney. Well, there you go. There's the close up, lads. Gee, That's the winner. This, That's the winner this week. That That's is the... that is the best one. Uh, so well done. Uh, Certainly, you're looking like If you get a look alike, send it in, and uh, we will feature on. The... Speaking of okay. looking Steve, yes, can I just go can for I just it. that go on, on uh, in the last game, our our good friend Rita decided to stay in Shiraz and send a friend out with an apology for all the lookalikes and puts money yeah. into, the, <laughs> into the food bank bucket. So thank you, Rita. Don't worry about it. Um, but next time I see you, I will have a go at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're meeting your fans, Steve. That's the main thing. Uh, as always, uh, we now uh, spend the last part of the show looking ahead to the game, uh, which is tomorrow. Uh, good old-fashioned three o'clock kickoff, Luton Town away. It is our uh, return to Premier League action on a Saturday, and um, this is our first visit to Kenilworth Road since February 1994. Uh, three o'clock kickoff, 1100 away. Fans will be there. Uh, it's a small ground, only holds just over 10,000. Uh, it's the first ever Premier League meeting with Luton. Um, this makes Luton the 50th different side that we've faced in the Premier League and uh, Kenilworth Road the 60th venue, thanks to uh, NUFC.com for that particular gem. Uh, Newcastle will be playing in the dark blue change strip tomorrow. Uh, what do we know about the team? Well, we know that Anthony Gordon, Emil Kraft, Alexander Isaac, Joe Linton and Fabian Share all have a chance of featuring against uh, Luton. We don't know who will and who won't. Uh, we know that Nick Pope, Elliot Anderson, Harvey Barnes, Mac Target, Joe Willock, Javier Manquillo, Jacob Murphy and Sandro Tonali won't feature. Uh, Sven Botman, though, um, made a, a wonderful return in the Carabao Cup. 45 minutes under his belt. Uh, one would imagine he will probably start tomorrow. Uh, just a reminder that Jamal Lascelles and Sean Longstaff are both one yellow card away from a ban. Uh, they've got to, to avoid that ban. 
They have to avoid being booked in the next two games. So that's Luton or Nottingham Forest. Uh, Joe Linton is also in a, a similar position, although it remains to be seen whether he plays in either of Newcastle's next two games, of course. Uh, as for Luton, it'll be an emotional day at Luton tomorrow. There's no doubt about it. Tom Lockyer has now left hospital after suffering a cardiac arrest last weekend against Bournemouth. Uh, that game obviously has to be replayed now. Um, and there are two former Newcastle players who will be rolling out the uh, red carpet when we uh, get down there tomorrow. And that's Andros Townsend and Tim Krull. What's Luton's home form like? Pretty abysmal, as you would imagine. Uh, Rob Edwards' side has beaten Crystal Palace and drawn with Wolves and Liverpool. Uh, but West Ham, Burnley, Spurs, Arsenal and Man City have all got three points down there. Spurs, incidentally, are the only team to keep a clean sheet. Who's refereeing tomorrow? Well, it's Darren England. Uh, this is his first game uh, in charge of a Newcastle fixture this season. The last time we saw that particular referee was in the Carabao Cup win over Leicester last season. VAR, which is often switched off, is Peter Banks. OK, as always, we've got uh, uh, an update uh, from Toon Stato and from our friend Paul. Uh, so he will guide you around the ground now with his what three words. Hello, people. Paul here with another away day guide. This one is for Luton. Anybody travelling to Kenilworth Road, everything you need is coming up. Okay, so Luton, it's just off the M1, about 10 miles north of London. You'll be coming off at Junction 10 if you are travelling from the south, Junction 11 from the north. The airport is maybe three or four miles from the ground. It's a cheap taxi, there's plenty of hotels around there if you're staying over. Luton train station is a 20 minute walk from the ground. So in terms of transport, it's all really good. If you're driving in, there's street parking, but it's probably better to try and find a car park in the town centre. There's plenty of them, I've picked out a couple. The Croy Road car park is probably the nearest to the stadium in walking terms. And it's quite handy for the away pubs. Your postcode for that is Lima Uniform 1, one hotel tango. And your what three words for the entrance is cones smart suffice. There's a multi-story behind the train station it's got a lot more spaces it's probably one of the best value car parks in the premier league that i can think of anyway that one's about 20 25 minutes walk from the ground and handy for the bricklayers arms your postcode for that one is lima uniform two zero hotel romeo and your what three words is patch window scout the bricklayers arms traditional old pub you can get out of the back over a footbridge from within the station itself it's just a dogleg left and then right as you come off that footbridge it's on your right, maybe about three or four addresses up the street. Going back the other way or out the front of the station, you've got a Weatherspoons, if that's your thing. It will get busy. It may refuse football colours. They may refuse away fans altogether. The shopping centre postcode is Lima Uniform 1, 1 Sierra Alpha. But that's a big unit and you're probably going to struggle to find it. So your what three words is better. Lifts, logs, bills will get you right outside the front of it. Moving up closer to the ground, there is a conservative club. Probably have to pay a nominal fee to get in. But drinks will be cheap. They're listed as away friendly as well. It's kind of down an alley between two shops. There's a sign above it. Postcode is Lima Uniform 4, 8 Hotel Zulu. And your little entrance between the two buildings can be found at Admit Flags Ramp as your what three words. They always do the what three words. Some people like them, some people don't. But these will get you to exactly where you need to be. These, these last two save you getting lost and wandering around searching for something and going, well, it's not even here. It's all well worth giving it a try. Your final one is actually within the terraced houses that the turnstiles are built into. It's called the Bobbers Club after the nickname the fans gave that stand that the away fans are housed in because back in the day you could get into that stand for one bob which is about a quarter of a Freddo nowadays I think. If it was me I probably wouldn't head there first but it's supposed to be away fan friendly. Postcode for that area is Lima Uniform 4 8 Alpha Alpha 
And your what three words for that particular part is ranked rice limbs. And then a little bit back, you'll find the away fan entrance. It is gate seven, one turn style. And yes, you go through the terraced housing, up some stairs, over people's back gardens and into the stand. Really unique, small ground, great atmosphere. What more could you want? Absolutely cracking. Have fun, go mental, but keep it sensible. Give your club a good name. I've been Paul. See you in the next one. Love that, Paul. Ranked race limbs. That's my favourite one of the week. I love that one. Um, the what three words, I've got to be honest, completely bamboozled me at the start. But uh, yeah, I do like them. Uh, tune Stato next. Hello there. Another emotional week for Newcastle United. We play Luton tomorrow, trying to win only our second away game, a game for the season. So far, only one win against Sheffield United, two draws against West Ham and Wolverhampton, and five defeats, more than the total number of defeats away from home in the last full season. We haven't played Luton for many, many years. Actually, we have played only once this century, back in 2018 in January in the FA Cup when we won 3-1 at home. When it comes to away games at the Kennyworth, Kenworth Road Stadium. Uh, we have six consecutive games there without scoring a goal. Actually, the last goal we scored was back in 84-85 season and uh, we drew 2-2. The last away win there is in the 80-81 season, more than 40 years ago. When it comes to Luton themselves, they have taken the lead against Liverpool, Arsenal and Manchester City lately. Although they didn't manage to win any of these games, they have only one win at home so far this season. But they have scored in all games but one, the defeat against Tottenham. Newcastle is doing pretty well against newly promoted sides. No defeat in the last 16 games. The last one to beat us was Leeds back in January 2021. Since then we have won nine and drawn seven against the newly promoted sides. The danger man for Luton is Elijah Adebayo, who has four goals. And actually he's looking forward to scoring in a third consecutive goal tomorrow. Mick Hartford was the last player to do it for Luton back in 92. For Newcastle, Anthony Gordon is something like the main man this season with six goals and four assists in the league. The most goal involvements of any player and his best season to date in the league. So, let's see if we manage to break the away voodoo this season. How are the lads? Yes, the away voodoo. Uh, let's hope that is broken uh, well and truly. Um, Mitch, we'll come to you first um, with your dad. Um, big game because it's our next one. Uh, we need six points out of these two over Christmas, mate. With with that with that January that we've got on the horizon. Yeah, with the, with the January coming up, that mix of games is a tough mix of games. So six points would be very welcome. There's no reason why we can't go down there and go down with a positive mindset. For sure. Um, they, yes, they'll be fired up because of what happened last week. You know, would, it, it could work against them, though. You know, the, the, these situations are always um, unsettling for players across the board. And I bet they've not had a normal week. And, and that works in our favour. Um, which probably sounds a bit heartless, but that, that, that's how it is. Um does some of it depend on what 11 we can face? I would like to think we can put any 11 out against Luton and give them a game. One thing for sure, I think we need probably one most physical 11 out there. They're a very 
big team. Uh, they've got a lot of physicality. I think that's how they've hurt um, Liverpool and Man City when they went at them physically. Um, but I think we've got more than enough to cope with that because we can be physical too. So if we if we kind of go into this game with a positive mindset and get the cobwebs blown off, um, I would be disappointed. Okay, George, your views on these uh, this game against Luton tomorrow? Um, always been positive this week um, because um, what you what you a change in look if nothing else. I mean, what we've been upset about uh, last couple of results, but. Uh, other other days we would have been celebrating wins because we've had not a scrap of luck at all. Not even the uh, um, officials going with were. I mean, some of those challenges against Chelsea the other night, they hear uh, Jamie Redknapp saying, well, you can't send them off because it's only two minutes into the game. I don't care if it's two seconds. He could have broke the lad's leg uh, and finished his career, never mind fouling him. Uh, and we're not getting that rub of the green. We, we deserve a little bit. And yes, I'd like to see we win handsome, but as long as we win's the important thing, we get the winning mentality back in our brains, which is deserted with for a little while, uh, and that'll do with the power of good. Um, I'd love to see Wilson or Gordon or any of them score a brilliant goal. Well, I don't. The truth is, I don't care if it comes off somebody's backside as long as we're winning, uh, and that's all that matters. So. Um, I'm of a mindset that we'll, we'll win this one. And Neil's absolutely right. Whoever's fit at Newcastle United, they should be able to find an 11 that should turn Luton Town over. Uh, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, we've praised lots of people on here about comebacks and um, how they've performed since Eddie Howe came. A word about Emil Kraft. His injury was so bad that I'm sure there would be many people wondering if he would ever come back again. He hasn't just come back. He's come back as fit and if not fast, if faster than he was when he went away. I thought his pace the other night when he came on and he was on the, in the team and he came on was brilliant. And that's uh, that says a lot for him, not just the, the staff, as he's got to do the hard work. So I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to a Newcastle victory tomorrow. Steve? Luton Town said, did it, did it say we haven't played them till? Early 90s? 94. And that, 94. And in that period of time, they've ended up in the conference. Yes. Way yeah. back up. You know, fair, amazing, fair play to them. You know, yeah. what's happened to that club is, is truly remarkable. Um, the demise and then the rebuilding. Um, Supermax former club as well. Uh, yes. Back up from there, didn't we? Luton Town. Yeah. Um, so it's always been an interesting um, connection with, with Luton in the past. Um, some some interesting an interesting place to go. I mean, just the the old world state of that ground. Um, it's probably one of the reasons why I haven't read about it since they got promoted. Lots of the lads and lasses want to go down and experience it. You know, walking walking across the the verandas of other people's houses and seeing what's going on. I mean, it is. It's a it's it's a remarkable story and remarkable to see. As somebody put up there, they've announced that they're not going to be part of the Super League. So that's a, that's another bonus for them um, that we've got to thank them for. But uh, no, when it comes to the game, I mean, if if we've got aspirations to get back in Champions League next season, then this is a game that we have to pick up three points from. Um, you know, there's 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 no two ways about it. Um, we've got the players that can do it. 
Uh, they are going to come at us. I think Mitch is right. They're that, they're that sort of pacey team. They've got a bit of aggression um, about them. Play the, play the game quick. Um, but what we've got to do is we've got to not only counter that, 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 but we've got to stick to our own game plan. You know, we can't get caught in, in any of these mini little battles that go on. Um, Bruno has to be a little bit careful. I thought we saw on, on uh, during the week uh, how sometimes, for example, last Saturday, Bruno was absolutely outstanding. They kicked him off the park and they did everything they could to try and stop him and he just picked himself and dusted himself off. In midweek, it was slightly different. I remember that that challenge, which he swung for the ball. And now, even though it was against Chelsea, most of Arsenal fans now think he should be, you know, banned Sindai from ever playing in the Premier League ever again because that's the nature of the way Arsenal fans are at the moment. Dear me, if ever a football club's bunch of supporters that turn soft, it's Arsenal, isn't it? But uh, no, this is this is a game that we have to win. This is a game we, we should be winning. Um, and it's a game that I think we will be winning, Steve. Okay, Stu. I'm just pleased that you didn't start singing when Mitch said, "Let's get physical." I thought you were going to break out. <laughs> break out. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, but when this when the season started, we looked at the fixtures. This is one that we would have put down three points away win, easy for us. Now, because of the injuries and things like that's happened, it's probably not going to pan out as easy as we anticipated. And I expressed my only fears earlier in the week when it was about the lack of offensive players we've got. Uh, but I still think we should have enough. And if you think, yes, they are physical, but look at look at how Lascelles played the other night in a physical battle. He'll be licking his lips for tomorrow. So I, I think he'll score tomorrow, actually. Um but we we have got a team that do stick together and they don't mind getting stuck in. You know, even if you go like through like not just the centre halves, but the long staffs and we were talking about Callum Wilson earlier on. We've got a team that aren't shy anyway. Let's put it that way. So the old saying is win the battles first and then you can win the war. Uh, and and the more I'm thinking about it, the nearer the game gets, I think that's what we'll do tomorrow. I think we'll have too much for Luton. Class will shine through in the end. So I expect us to beat them tomorrow. Okay, give us your predictions, Stu, for Luton uh, away and Forest at home. Well, it's Christmas. I'm home. It's 3 1 for both games. It has to be. Everyone's Christmas present. 10 run, 3 1. There you go. All right, Steve. Uh, Luton, I think, will beat them 2 1. So a 2 1 win to Newcastle. And Forest, I think, will be a resounding 3 0 win. Okay, George. 2-0 at Luton and 3-0 against Nottingham Forest. And Mitch? 2-0 Luton to us and 4-1 against Nottingham Forest. Well, I'm going 2-0 at Luton and 4-0 at home. So there, there, is, uh, there is my predictions. Uh, and Moza, let's get physical, <laughs> physical. I want to get physical. Let's oh, get into physical. Let me hear your body talk. <laughs> Hear yeah. your body talk. Let me hear your body talk. There you are. That's your Christmas present, everybody, in the NUFC Matters <laughs> chat. Uh, that is the end of the show. Uh, and that is uh, the end of the Amigos until next Friday. We are, we're the only ones doing a live show next week. So we will be back next Friday. Um, I will possibly do the, pre uh, the Eddie Howe press conference review tomorrow morning. But the rest of it um, is uh, a lot of stuff that we did down at the Surf Cafe, which is unfortunately closed yeah. now. 
What a time to close just before Christmas. So sorry for the staff down there. Great little venue. But we've got Steve Howie. We've got Lee Clark. Uh, we've got Rob Lee. We've got Frank Clark. All of those shows have been recorded and they will all be uploaded. Well, they're all uploaded now. They'll go live over Christmas. So there is always something there for you um, if you're sitting there hoping to have a, a fix of NUFC matters. Uh, George and I will do an Ask George special on the 2nd of January, which is a Tuesday. And then we'll be back with Geordie's here. Geordie's there on the Wednesday night. Uh, to uh, to round up um, on what's been going on over the Christmas period. But uh, thanks to Johnny Allen. Well, thanks to everybody who had uh, tipped in on the fans' forum. Thanks to everybody who stuck by us uh, in 2023. Look forward to seeing you all live uh, again next Friday, though. Have a great Christmas and uh, a wonderful time. Thanks Merry again, Christmas, Alan. everyone. Happy Cheers Christmas, everybody. Have all a good time. Take care. See you soon, lads. All Cheers. the best.